0: They're Ooh. pretty rough too. AJ's going to critical on this movie. And and here's the funny part, I have to say this as a caveat. I loved in ninety eight when this came out, I was a junior in high school, I loved this movie. Like I thought, shut up, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic Judge and Jerry. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co hosts, Mattson Heiner, Better Red than Dead, and Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate your help going on the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website, whatsoeverdict.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes. Sign up for our newsletter, where we send out exclusive content and updates. Pick up some sweet, sweet merch, and you can also interact with us. The question we always ask if you ever find yourself wondering if you spend the time, money, or both on a movie, to help with that question, each week we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. Today we're reviewing Blade. It was released August 21st, 1998. It was written by David S. Goyer. It was directed by Stephen Norrington. It stars Wesley Snipes, Stephen Dorff, and Bushy Wright, Donald Logue, Udo Kier, Arlie Yover, and Chris Christopherson. A half-vampire, half-mortal man becomes a protector of the mortal race while slaying evil vampires. If you haven't seen this movie and want we'll to avoid spoilers, now's the time to go. I know, dude. IMDB. (laughs) I even said to Alec as I was before you hopped on, I was like, that was one of the worst fucking synopsis lines ever written by IMDB, but that's what it was. So yeah, if you haven't seen Blade, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, go watch this movie, pause podcast. Evil vampires. Go watch it, come back, pick up where you left off. Because we're gonna spoil the shit out of this thing. I'm gonna start because. I have a very weird view of this movie. I'm very grateful for this movie in a way because without it, the Marvel Cinematic Universe would not, I don't think, have come to be because this is technically the first Marvel property that found some success and found a pretty high level. Like it did well at the box office. And it was the first one after some very terrible attempts at some Marvel properties in the early 90s that just were terrible and Marvel was in a really bad way. Um, I like believe. what JJ? I don't even know. They were so bad. don't even know what they were. Yeah. In 1990, I think there was a captain America attempt and it was really God awful. And there was something Gotta else look that went up. Yeah. In 1990, there was like two different versions that Marvel tried to do. And they, at the time they had created like a Marvel like now there's Marvel Studios, but there was like a Marvel something. And I don't remember the name of it, to be honest. But and like I said, they came out with a couple of movies and it did not go well. They were terrible. And to be honest with you, in the 90s, especially, especially for those two film wasn't ready for that shit because they couldn't do the, the effects and the things that they needed to do to make those things look good. And so it felt really campy and really shitty. And the stories are just too good. When you get into the comics, the storylines and things are too good to have to deal with shitty graphics and shitty animation and, and for it to look silly. And they did, they looked really bad. So I'm grateful for Blade. Cause like I said, I'm pretty sure Marvel had recently gone through their bankruptcy, their chapter 11, and they were just starting to get around to getting back on their feet. So I am grateful for Blade in that way. I will say, and I said it jokingly as we we're getting ready to do this, but 1998 in the movie doesn't hold up very well from a certain acting perspectives, as well as visually. There's oh some gosh, very the terrible CGI is horrible. graphics. And again, it's 1998. I can be forgiving of it when I watch it, but to be honest, and in a, in a movie review podcast, I can't just let it go and say, That it holds up because it doesn't hold up when you watch it visually. There's some real bad shit in it, and not just the visual effects. There's some fight scene things I want to talk about when we get later into this podcast that are pretty rough too. AJ's going critical on this movie, and and here's the funny part. I have to say this as a caveat. I loved in '98 when this came out. I was a junior in high school. I loved this movie. Like I thought, shut up, Alec. (laughs) 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 Like I thought this was great. You know what I mean? Like I've said this before very first tabletop playing game I ever played uh, tabletop role-playing game was vampire the masquerade. I love vampire stuff. I've been a vampire nerd almost my whole life. So I was really, I enjoyed this movie a lot when it came out. As a 41-year-old man, it doesn't hold up to what I thought it did back in 98. So let me talk for a little bit for our
1: audience. I was the one that selected this movie. I saw this movie when I was fairly early preteen. So I think this is more of a nostalgia for me than anything else where I'm not here to say, is this one of the best action movie? No, the, the acting as JJ talked about is questionable at best. It's very dry and the characters aren't very developed in a lot of ways or even the main character you just don't i mean i don't know he's just kind of a dick and that's really all he is as well as the sidekick is kind of a dick <laughs> I don't, but this movie i just like it to me the fighting from back then it was progressive it in a lot of ways i feel like it took us into the age of where the matrix wanted to go and involve and some of the hype around just what superheroes could do and well, is he really superhero? i don't know but what people with powers could do. And I like the, the world that they were trying to kind of build in this movie as well. And the kind of the, what would it be like to have a dark underworld vampire society amongst us? And the one thing I will say of all that sticks with me. And I think this is one of the topics I sent it to JJ is man. I do enjoy how this movie starts. It does not hold back. It gets right into the mess. And I will say, you can say whatever you want about this movie, but the first 15 minutes, man, it comes in hard. And I
0: think it is very, very, very enjoyable. Oh, for sure. I won't deny that at all. Like it has a great intro, like the whole nightclub in a, in a meat market, like butcher shop there. I mean, it's, it fits very well. Some of the panels, some of the, the shots come directly out of comic panels for blade, Mm. Um, so they really did some great and David Goyer, the writer for this, he's comic book, man, like he co-wrote the dark Knight trilogy, like the whole bat Batman. Unfortunately he co-wrote Batman v Superman. Um, Mm. So David S Goyer knows how to write comic book movies. And this was early start for him, but I mean, he did a great job that intro scene and, and, Wesley Snipes is Wesley Snipes. Like he's never been the greatest actor out there, but he played this part very well in the, the fight scenes and the physicality of the role. He did oh, a yeah. really, really great job. I mean, it was really interesting early on in this film production. They started trying to make this movie in 92. Oh wow. Yeah. And so a lot of the actors that were first tagged in this movie were huge. So you had everyone from Denzel Washington to Lawrence Fishburne, Mm. You had some huge actors that were initially tied to this role, but Goyer, the guy that wrote it, always wanted snipes because he looks very similar to the comic version of Blade. So it was mm. very interesting. Now, the comic version of Blade, especially the early comics, please don't ever read them. They're terrible. It's a lot of black exploitation stuff. Like, it's this... Black man with like a, he's a vampire with like a purple jacket and like yellow pants. And it takes place in the late sixties, early seventies. So imagine if you will, that's, they're bad. It's not good shit to read, but the later comics in the nineties at the time, this movie came out great comics, really cool shit. Um, mm-hmm. dark heavy, but yeah, I'm with you, Matt. The the intro and even a lot of the fight scenes are really good. The only one that bothered me was the final battle goes really off the rails a little bit. Like when he comes down and he's fighting, there's some weird, like, and it feels like they were near the end of filming and were rushed. That's what it feels like to me, because there's a couple of fight scenes like where you blatantly see like the fake punch, like he comes up short on it in the filming. And I'm like, most of the earlier fights, it looks like they're hitting each other, right? Like it looks mm-hmm. good. It looks clean. The end battles, fights, it doesn't look great to me. And then you throw in that the CGI, especially at the end with the blood and the and Stephen Dorse character like it cut in half and his arm coming back and the weird fucking blood coagulant shit was looked terrible. So it really kind of went off the rails when they start relying on those CGI graphics or the plot
1: point of the vials that he threw down that somehow didn't get crushed. Like I, I every time I see that, I cringe. I'm like,
0: Oh yeah. He hugs it off the edge and it gets stuck. Some random crack in the wall, (laughs) like for later, just so they can have the cool moment of him throwing his sword in the crack in the wall. There's some cringe shit. So I'm with you there, but, but the early part of this movie, really good. Like I said, the fight scene, and that, that first opening, just tearing people to shreds. And when he comes up with that blade, In the shower, the circular shower, and everybody's like, yeah, and he smiles. I love his nonchalant way that he played this character too when they're fighting like he's just having a good time killing vampires and I, I,
1: I love liked. the deacon frost number two the henchman that, that guy like the banter between both like, <laughs> queen, i gotta say yeah, like queen. man like you think about marvel these days would they have polished that off even like a smidge better but man, back then, like that part those jokes still land and like that just that guy's poor painful life that he experienced <laughs> just oh like god rest his soul
0: man that yeah. <laughs> and i love that actor donald loge is his name yeah and he plays a lot of bit parts but he most recently played fox had a batman origin story kind of thing called gotham and it wasn't great but he was in it and he was the best like he plays a lot of bit parts but he's really good so i'm with you i love their banter i love the fact that like at the end when Quinn, hold out your arm. And he's like, dude, I just got him back. <laughs> it's just, he's always fucked up. But it all, also was
1: confusing because at times I was like, well, why didn't he like just die, die earlier sometimes? Like, why was he so hard to kill versus blades just wielding silver and, and cutting people in there, disintegrating and disappearing? So there was that was another thing in this movie where there were some discrepancies on, well, are they, is this a pure blood and they're harder to kill or something like that? Could have used a little bit more context to kind of define that out a little bit. Cause it, even still, I've seen this movie multiple times and it don't under, they kind of explain that very well.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things that I put in my notes was the consistency. Like you say, that guy surviving, Quinn surviving over and over and over again is like, such a plot armor as Alec likes to explain it's just because he's fun to watch. And he's, he's that connection between Deacon Frost and blade and that whole group. So he has built in plot armor throughout this whole movie. This movie would be way worse if he wasn't there. Oh, for sure. I mean, you (laughs) need to have Donald Logan Quinn because that, I mean, they really make this movie hilarious and, and entertaining, but, but there is inconsistency, but it's not just there too. Like at the last fight, there's a couple of guys that he's hitting with like a shovel And then like he breaks their neck and they disintegrate. And I'm like, wait, has that been happening this whole movie? Like, where's the consistency in how you kill a vampire? And I know they've thrown in some, some of the people he was fighting were familiars as opposed to, but there's no way to discern which one's which. And then you just don't know like, okay, so is because he broke in a bone apparently through the heart, like a thigh bone will kill a vampire. There's just a lot of inconsistencies throughout the movie on what will and what won't kill a vampire and sometimes they take forever to disintegrate sometimes they disintegrate almost instantly sometimes when they're in the sun and they're a pure blood vampire they like half disintegrate half explode (laughs) and sunblock will keep you safe for like an hour i you know it's just like and then granted that part led to like a great one line, like where he's like, your mascara's running. <laughs> and like, like I love that line, but really sunblock. Like that's all you need to be out in the sun. Well, and the other part of this movie. That, what I mean. it is. Sure.
1: <laughs> the other part of this movie that's just always plot discrepancy is I mean, I don't know what gun he uses. He being blatant, <clears throat> man. That's a sweet piece of machinery for one. If that's custom, I don't know what that is. And if someone knows the gun, too bad we don't have Javier in here. <laughs> Cool gun. But man, when you're just letting that thing rip in the middle of daylight, and even at night you're just like with no regard for for other humans and such. And this person's supposed to be defending humanity, <sighs> man. Just, whoa. Is that blaze's purpose to defend humanity? Because it felt like his purpose was just to
2: fuck shit up. Like that take too, out vampires. He didn't care necessarily who got in the way. Like even when Deacon's got that little girl, like he's ready to fire a shot at him. Yeah.
1: Um, and take his chance. But I got to say, that's that's one thing I like about Blade that I like more about this uh, grittier Marvel character is, I mean, honestly, that's more so what someone's going to be like. They're going to have their vendetta and they're going to want to do what they want to do. And that's just how it's going to be. And oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. I was like, yeah. <sighs> like, I, I can appreciate that because all this other Marvel, Captain America, Thor, and everyone like, is uh, like, Iron like, Man, like, do-gooders. oh, like, Defender of the People have to do the do the, yeah, the gooders. And, But that's one of the things the show we've reviewed before, The Boys, that this type of Marvel movie gets into that is these are people first, superheroes second. And sometimes I wish Marvel, like we've talked about, would take a slight more pages out of the DC book and bring in what power would actually do to individuals.
0: I agree. I agree completely. And I think that's one of the I like that they went with the R rating, too, in this movie, like they went. And needed it. Yeah, because I don't think, and that's one of the things that I won't lie, like they've got this new blade coming and I'm concerned. Like I'm I'm really excited because I love Mahershala Ali and I think he's going to make an amazing blade. But I worry about even the the comics, it's not necessarily a PG-13 story. I mean, it's it's violent, it's vampires, it's blood and gore. And so I worry about what that's going to look like. In Marvel's hands I trust that they make good movies they make entertaining movies but I was glad that they went with the R rating even as bad as they got later on the second and third movie they stuck with these aren't for kids these aren't your typical superhero movie this is a, a vampire half vampire that's he's out to kill people and people die so I did like that about it for sure that they went with it and the swearing and the yeah that worked for and me I- one of my,
1: my favorite one-liners is when they come across that over bloated <laughs> programming vampire. And he's like Blades like if, if he moves, zap or whatever. <laughs> and then this poor vampire, man. Like, that should fried her, fried her for like five to seven seconds. She's like, He moved. Or like I don't know if he moved, it moved, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that part still gets to me, like, oh man. Pearl. Salty.
0: It's Pearl the vampire. Oh.
2: Such a weird vampire name, like Lucian, I'd expect. Yeah. Vladimir.
0: Yeah. Pearl. No. Pearl. No. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a, and I don't remember who sent it to me, but what are you guys talking about? Where did the vampire feud come from? And I'm assuming you guys are talking about the. Pure Bloods versus Pure Bloods. Versus, turns. Yeah. That is a comic thing. Uh, that's a. Okay. And Deacon Frost is a very different character in the comics than he is in this movie. I love Stephen Dorff and I love what he did with. Deacon Frost in this movie. He's very fun to watch. But Deacon Frost in the comics is very different. He's older. He's got this beard and he has the ability to do like some doppelganger shit. Like he's a pretty badass vampire, but you also have less of the pure blood, more of the Dracula. Like Dracula is a character in the Marvel comics. So mm-hmm that feud's always kind of been there in versions of the blade comics, the pure blood versus the turned in that the pure bloods want to, and it's a, it's a common vampire trope, right? Like the pure bloods want to stay hidden and kind of integrate into the world and do their thing. Whereas the turned have this newfound power and have been humans and don't find the value in humanity as much as, you know, someone that's never had it before, which I like that they point out, Oh, you've never seen a sunrise. And this begs the
2: question: Why do the pure bloods keep turning other vampires? Like just drain them dry and toss them to the side. Sure. Be, be Milo from Morbius. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. And that one I don't know. Like I, I've read some of the Blade comics, but I've never. It's never been my go-to. Like anytime something else came out, that was the first thing I went for.
1: Well, they never focused on how vampires reproduce, per se. Like it does just happen. I believe Night. that's covered in normal I <laughs> <laughs> so like.
0: Sorry. No. Sorry I had to. <laughs> oh god. How funny would it be if Blade like was sparkly and shit? <laughs> <laughs> shit would be, be a whole different tone of the movie. Shit would be terrible. Yeah, it's a weird world, the world of vampires, because you have so many different interpretations, even in the comics, because you do have the Morbius side, which is also Marvel technically on the comics, very much Marvel. But you have Dracula, of course, Blade now, and then you have a couple of others that come about. And it's really. Yeah, I don't know. The stories get so convoluted because there's also like these monster type vampires that aren't like human Per se, it's really yeah, weird. Yeah, like that
1: one, the doctor guy that was
0: like zombie like or whatever. Yeah, you have that where they like don't fully turn. And then there's even weirder where it's almost like they stop being human altogether and they're like, it's hard to explain. They almost look like alien monster type things. They have, it's really an odd dynamic in the comics because they just kind of have to continue to tell the story. So, cause in the comics Deacon or Frost was always against Dracula. Like he was trying to take over as head of the vampires. So this blood God thing was kind of the way they did it instead of him being a doppelganger like version and and just trying to fight against the council because it would have taken too long for that particular story to play out in the movie. But there are definitely vampires that don't like other vampires and there's pure bloods versus turned and, This this whole convoluted thing in the comics, depending on which storyline you're building building in. Are you in Blade? Are you in Dracula? Are you in Morbius, who's technically not a true vampire? He's a living vampire. It's a really weird. The comics, I don't enjoy the vampire side as much as like, I think the movies could do really well because they can really simplify what they do with those stories. Mm. So that's a very long and drawn out answer, but there you go
2: it
0: fits just whatever <laughs> story you're in. That's the kind of vampire you are I yeah. didn't get behind that. Uh, yeah, I will say that something else that comes up is that when we talked about the fight scenes, especially the early fight scenes, they're really good. And I know Matt and you were talking about today, inspire some of the matrix type stuff. Those movies were actually in production about the same time. So they, uh, okay. it wasn't necessarily one inspired the other. It was more in that early nineties when everything started to be produced. And in the nineties, when the, the Kung Fu movies were starting to make a, uh, kind of a comeback. They started to do is in the nineties, they hired these choreographers to come in that were stuntmen and choreographers. And they started to bring in those from the the Chinese movies and the Japanese movies and the, the Korean movies that actually were really grounded in the fight scenes being realistic as possible outside of the string work that they did in a lot of those films. But the fighting was pretty grounded and real and well choreographed. And those are the movies these are the movies the 90s and especially the late 90 releases where they started to really bring those guys in. And that's why you see a lot of the similarities between in these late 90s fight hand-to-hand combat looked very choreographed and and really badass because they were heavily choreographed and heavily realistic as much as they could be anyway. But yeah, I I
1: just really like the intensity that see Snipes brings to the role in that regard. Like it just makes you think of Keanu Reeves and what he was basically doing at the same time in another movie and, and where it's really taken things from there.
0: Yeah. Well, and Snipes is another one. He's like Keanu Reeves when it came to like the martial arts factor. Like he did a lot of training beyond like, he's actually a black belt in like two or three different types wow. of. Well, it shows on screen, arts. man. He
1: definitely, his kicks, and everything that he was doing, I mean, it looked good. He looked, yeah. he looked real fit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He got really buffed out. I mean, he was always a fit dude, but he got, he got, he filled out heavy for this movie. And then he's always been into the martial arts side, but he really tuned in for this movie a lot from what I remember. And like I said, I think it was like three different forms of martial arts. He was like a black belt in hmm. coming into it. And so he did really well. I I, I liked how committed he was for the role. And then He kind of just became Blade at the time, which was nice. And then I will say, and this came up too as one of my notes, is the vampires themselves, like it's a pretty decent portrayal of vampires, especially considering they've either been really weird or really stupid. But I liked the, the fact that it wasn't so over the top like and it wasn't like it leaned into the gothic side and i think that was the problem that i had like with 80s vampires like one of my favorite movies of all time as terrible as the movie is is, is uh the oh god why does this happen to me every time i try to think of something like my brain just goes stupid it's another one that's got boys in the title fuck yeah, it was real. Well, JJ. while
2: JJ's thinking about that, yeah, go ahead. Alex. Yeah, I really liked how they portrayed the vampires in this one. It's a very kind of unique, I think, way where they have them as being this underground society that's far more massive than anybody would ever think. You know, we think vampires—oh, so there's maybe like a handful of them that are just in Transylvania, right? But this is their worldwide kind of secret society. And then on top of that, they have these familiars or, you know, humans who are aware of the vampires and kind of do their dirty work because the vampires, you know, can't go out in the sunlight. So they're exclusively kind of night owls. So I really enjoyed that where Blade's like, yeah, no, this is a this is a huge problem. Can't go to the cops. They own the cops. Can't go anywhere. The vampires are integrated to society 100 percent completely. They run the show. Um, so I took that as kind of like oh that's kind of cool because the vampires are are a power player in Blade versus being kind of an overpowered individual uh, which is kind of the typical way yeah, it goes
1: I think it's really realistic like you can think about if, if people had a way to give power to other people what are they going to do they're going to make If people want it, they're going to make them do things to earn it. And then you can always question, are they ever really going to get it? Or the vampire is just going to kill these people. Keep moving the (laughs) goalposts. Exactly. And I thought that dichotomy of this was just very believable. I could absolutely see something like that happening. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and I like it because it wasn't campy and like gothic, like overtly goth. Because I think that's the problem. And I was saying the 80s movie, The Lost Boys. With Keith, Kiefer Sutherland and really weird, strange movie, really bad, but it's it's entertaining and fun. But I think a lot of the movies back then when vampires were portrayed, it was like silly almost or like so over the top that like like you say, Alec and Mazza, there were individuals here and there, but it wasn't like and they were so strange that it was awkward. And it was just like, oh, it's a vampire movie where this one, like you say, it integrated them into society they would lean into their violent nature, like at the party on that rooftop. Like when the cop pissed him off, like that dude was done. They feasted on him in a really weird way, but they didn't do that shit in public. Right. Like it it wasn't like they just did it and randomly they couldn't control themselves. They are smart in that they, they own a blood bank that's worldwide and throughout. So you don't have to kill humans in order to. So anyway, I really liked that because of the fact donate
1: plasma owned by vampires.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then I think that this is a misstep that blade two takes and blade three is that then they change what vampires are like. So in the two, they go to like that whole weird hybrid where like the whole face opens up and it's got like teeth everywhere. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Fucking Mm -hmm. stop that shit. They don't look like aliens. Yeah. (laughs) They're fucking people with long teeth that used to drink blood. Like, so I, I liked that it wasn't so ridiculous. The only over the top that we really get is at the end when Frost becomes whatever Damagu or whatever the hell his name Lamagra. Lamagra. <laughs> yeah. So that's the only real over the top. The rest is just like kind of a normalish feeling vampire that could blend in and do their thing. At least if they have sunblock,
2: very important. Never leave home without it. Exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: Were you guys at all bothered by the girl and how many times like she was bit but never <sighs> turned and all that? Because that was interesting to me every time I see it. Yeah. it was a little weird, but it was also like I didn't turn me off from the movie. And I was also kind of weird Blade about it when he was sucking blood out of her. Like it felt kind of they wanted it to be like almost a little sexual. And I was like, no, this is awkward. Maybe not showing me that would be better.
0: Yeah, it's a little dramatic too. Like the whole like twitching and like <laughs> her like saying stop. stop. Like it felt a little awkward. Like yeah, that scene makes me uncomfortable when he because it feels like a violation. Because she keeps saying I mean, stop. I mean, I guess it should I'm like, feel uncomfortable. I, but it yeah. should, but I mean, he's this good guy that won't stop, and I'm like ah, it, it just feels. It it's feels, the thirst, JJ. I know. I don't care. I have a similar <laughs> thirst, but I can control it. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, and it, to me, like, that's the <laughs> same the thing. Because I'm not going to lie. Like, it feels like he's raping her. Like, that's what that feels like to me. And she keeps saying, no, stop. And he just keeps going. And I'm like, fuck, dude, you're supposed to be the good guy. Like, knock this shit off. So it really makes... But and then yes. she's
1: totally fine. Has enough blood to to fight and walk and do. Exactly.
0: And And that goes back to what I was talking about earlier. The inconsistencies in this movie do take their toll and that's yes we only see two people actually turn and we don't actually see them turn her because they gave her a shot of straight garlic it subsided the turn for days at a time the other guy turns into some weird zombie guy vampire and those are the two people you see turn right so it's like they don't show anything to say it's inconsistent but it's weird like there's no the rule the ground rules they set why does garlic slow down the process. Like I get it. Shouldn't it stop it altogether or kill her if it's too far along? Yeah. So, I mean, there's just some weird inconsistent things. So I'm with you like that, but that scene of him non on her neck really bothered me. And I'm with you. Cause then she gets up and fights a vampire and does just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Strange inconsistencies. But I did want to finish with, again, I mentioned Steven Dorf. I loved him as the villain. Like, cause I like Steven Dorf as an actor, I think he's Is great. That Deacon Frost. That's Deacon Frost. Yeah. He was awesome. Yeah. Like he's menacing. He's weird. He's twisted. He's just of attractive enough to make me go. Why does he got to be a bad guy? Like he, I like this guy. He's funny. You know what I mean? Like he's got these moments. Like he's snarky, but he's a little bitch too. Like he's a little baby. So, I mean, I just really like him and, and Dorf plays it well until the end. When he becomes La Magra, I'm like, fuck, now I'm bored. I, it's it's just fucking weird. The whole ending of this movie, I hate it. And it starts with the, the two vampires when he gets off the, the elevator and he first stabs them with that blue shit and they like explode. I'm like, mm, it, looks so <laughs> it looks so bad. It looks so bad.
1: looks like the brother from Goonies.
0: Yeah. Hey, you guys. <laughs> oh, do not insult Sloth that way. Sloth is my hero. <laughs> Sloth, I'm chunk, dude. Come on. But you're but not this wrong, movie gives me, <laughs>
1: Yeah, This movie gives me hope, though. If you take it into where we are now with CGI and fight choreography and world-building what Marvel's proven, I really think there's a lot there that this is a type of movie the blade remake could, could
0: really be something big. Yeah. I agree. And with Ali as blade, like he, he's already proven his ability. Like the TV show on Netflix, the, oh, I can't remember it either. The power man is, I can only <laughs> think of him as power man. Cause that's what I knew him as another terrible seventies comic of black exploitation, but he was one of the villains, Copperhead in it. And, or one of them side, I don't remember one of the snakes, but he is menacing and he's he got this great voice. And so I'm, and he's already in the Eternals. He, you hear his voice at the end in that post-credit scene. So I'm, I am stoked for Blade and I'm with you. When I does hope. it come out? Have they said? They haven't announced yet. My guess is you okay. may see him. I don't know. You might see him in a property. Again, we've heard him. It would make sense if because of his tie now to the Black Knight, with Kit Harrington's character in the Eternals. Kit Harrington, it would be shocking to me if he doesn't show up in Werewolf by Night, the the Mm. Halloween special, in some way, because they're tied together along with Moon Knight, now that you've seen Moon Knight. It wouldn't surprise me, and yet it would, because I think they're saving Mahershala Ali for something big. I don't know that you'll see him in something like a Halloween special. I don't know, but I'm I'm excited. I hope 2023, 2024, maybe it's considered a phase four movie. I think so, maybe 2023, but I'm okay. excited for her. Lee. All right, should we rate Blade 1998? Let's, Let's do. do it. All right, I'll kick us off. Oh God! Here's the thing: if this was 1998, and this is. 17-year-old DJ, I would have scored this pretty high because when it came out it was really freaking cool. I mean it was vampire it was cutting edge. Yeah, I mean it was it was exciting, it was it was dark, it was vampire, it was a comic book movie that was actually pretty successful. Wesley Snipes was huge at the time like he wasn't he hadn't gotten into his financial tax evasion problems at that point. So like he was still a really big A-list actor. So it's like all of the the pieces were there for this movie to be successful and I really liked what they did with it I still like what they did with it now though watching it from a 2022 lens and the things that we've come along it, it doesn't hold up visually some of the visual effects anyway from those that standpoint it doesn't hold up the acting at the time I could overlook the main girl she, she is that, that girl's a terrible actress like I just did not enjoy her now. Back then, I overlooked it because it was Blade, it was vampires, it was a vampire hunter, it was a, it was badass shit. I can't overlook that. As a 41 year old man, I have to go. She's really not great, but there was some great acting, like even Chris Christopherson as Whistler. We didn't talk about it. That is one gristled dude, and I liked him in this movie. Like where he's just like, I, I don't, just whatever, you should have killed her, you know? What I mean? like, there's so many. I just <laughs> love like he's just a no nonsense, don't fuck around dude. So. There's a lot of good parts of this movie. I'm stalling because I just don't know what to do with this movie. I want to rate it higher than I'm going to. I'm going to give this movie a three. It's better than average. It's entertaining. What is really good is still really good. What was not great in 98 is terrible in 2022. And that's the hard part about, again, that's not to the movie's fault. It's just, those are the graphics that we had back then. And those were the actors. And those were the ways that things were played for that particular movie. So it got worse before it's going to get better. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, thankfully we won't be reviewing the second and third one. I, it's just not on my radar to do because they're terrible, but this one, especially with what they did with the character Hannibal in the second movie, he's one of my favorite comic characters in this whole series. And he's awful in the second movie anyway. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That's, I'm, that's what I'm giving it. And I'm going to leave it there. I, I, I haven't it, watched. You're this movie. not
1: happy about that, JJ. This has been a painful review for you. It's yeah.
0: hard for me because it, it it evokes so many positive emotions from when I was in high school and watched it the first few times. And if we could have you time travel back to 17 year old JJ, I feel like he'd punch you in the face. He probably would, and he'd probably give this movie like a four. But I just can't do it. I just it's watching it now, knowing, and even if you take the visual effects out of it, there's still a lot of inconsistencies and weird. Bad acting in this movie that, like, because nobody, as part of the, even like the main guy from the Vampire Council, was pretty bad. Like, it's, and then the blonde girl that was like his second command, it was terrible. Like, there's some really bad acting in this movie. Marvel didn't have enough money at the time. I know. But New Line did. did. New Line was one of the top film studios at the time. So they had the money. money. It just, it was great for what it was. And and again, I'm very grateful for this movie because I don't think we'd have the Marvel cinematic universe that we do without people seeing that you could make a decent, entertaining comic book based movie. So, mm. but yeah, I'm, I'm sticking there. That's where I'm at. So, and I probably, I don't know that I'll watch this movie again. I hadn't watched it in years and I probably would have never watched it again had we not done it for the podcast. So, but I am looking forward to the new one. So we'll see how that goes.
2: All right. Oh. Alec. I think this is a 2.5, middle of the road movie. The first time I seen this movie was 42 hours ago, mm. Thursday night. I never watched it, so I went into this completely new. I had, you know, like a very basic understanding of the plot line just from, you know, hearing people talk about it since it is 20 plus years old. But I I mean, I didn't mind it. It's not really my cup of tea as far as movies go. And there were those inconsistencies that happened, but I was able to overlook a lot of them just to enjoy the movie. I think they did a very good, unique perspective on vampires and kind of the storyline behind that. If I knew more about it, I might've rated it higher, but I mean, I just sat back and enjoyed a nice, what two hour movie for a Thursday night. So I enjoyed it. I probably won't watch it again, but it's definitely middle of the road. Definitely
0: worth the watch. Cool. Cool. All right, bring us home on your movie. Yeah, I'm going to give this movie a three. Hmm. I am surprised. Better
1: than average. Yeah, I told you you're going to be surprised. I think it's better than average, but I mean, I've seen this movie four times, maybe five, probably four. I like this movie. This is a movie for me that I could have this movie on in the background. There's definitely parts of this movie that i don't need to be watching like the dialogue between blade and the female character whose name escapes me because she's terrible <laughs> um and some of the lulls there but then there's there's parts that i want to watch anytime deacon frost is on the screen he will get me on my butt on the screen he's captivating when he's at the the scene where he's like breaking both scenes where he's in the board meeting and basically just being like, I don't give a F about these pure bullets. I'm going to do my thing. He's captivating. I think he makes a great villain. He's compelling. I would have loved to have seen even probably more of him on screen. But JJ's right. There's some key individuals in this movie that don't know how to act. They really drag things down. The CGI is cringeworthy. It's just, there's just no way around it. Especially people in our audience. I know we have a lot of you that are 18 to 35. If you haven't seen this movie and you watch this because of us, you're going to look at the CGI and just be like, wow, that we couldn't (laughs) have done better back then because it looks horrific. And I even think some of the, the main character acting, like, while Wesley Snipes did a great job. I think his physical acting is great. Sometimes I felt like he was a little dry and a little too dickish. And I wanted to be endeared to him a little bit more than we were, but maybe that's what Blade always was. I don't know. To me, it's an interesting movie. And I always come back to, I just like the world building. And I really like how this movie starts, man. Just, it sucks you in right away. Like for an opening scene of a movie, it's up there for me in all honesty of just being eye catching and memorable. It, does not shy away, doesn't hold punches, and then Deacon Frost, like henchman whose name escapes me, I, that Quinn, guy, I just Quinn. he makes me laugh. Quinn, that's right. That that guy, without him, this movie would be like a two. But that guy's humor and just interjecting and like well placed at times, and I think it created as JJ has talked about the building blocks of what a villain superhero ass type movie could be, the world building behind that. So it set the stage for what superhero movies could be beyond this and i think because of that it deserves a decent rating it's not a great movie but they learned from it
0: cool i like it i will say my favorite line in this movie is some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill like like, and it's (laughs) and it's the weirdest placement of the line like i'm just like but it's so fun i was like that's a fair statement like that's funny shit so yeah there it is blade ladies and gentlemen 1998 very interesting movie it was fun to to go back it was uh it was very nostalgic for me i saw that movie in theaters 1998 when it came out so yeah that's god that goes back takes me back just about to graduate from high school the next year so wow Mm -hmm. it's crazy I still had nap time at school. <laughs> <laughs> you young bucks, boy, I tell you. All right. Well, Matt to so tell everybody where they can find us.
1: Yeah. Check us out at what's our to see uh, what we have reviewed and we'll be reviewing. Check us out on what's our verdict on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to catch some of our audio clips and just, things that you may have missed as well. And then on YouTube for our spoiler freeze for some of the big movies like Dr. Strange that may have already happened and and things like Top Gun and Jurassic Park and some of these other summer blockbuster movies that are going to be start to dropping here shortly that we are excited about, as well as some great TV reviews as well with Obi-Wan, the boys, Stranger Things, uh, many others to come out this year as well.
0: Definitely. Appreciate it. All right. There it is. With that, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Catch you on the next one. (laughs) My cinematic cat.